0: Self-lucky, to have fallen in love With a girl, the city,
1: and the river of mud
0: Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Crescent City Nights, and Kurt LeBlanc is our GM. This is episode five. So, without further ado... Come on, another voyage, Don Le tineb.
2: Kurt? People wake up in the middle of the night. No, not in the middle, deep in their brains. They know the present, the little braveries. We lock our doors from the inside. We want to be delivered. We want the patience of mirrors. We want, we want not to be torn in two by a muddy brown river. We want the courage to dive off the high board into human eyes. Behold the door, my friends, the lock's alive. It's a poem from the late, great Stan Rice. Welcome to act two. Rose Noble, it's been two months since that tragic day in the St. Louis cemetery. What have you been doing since then?
3: Uh, I've been going back and forth between home and back here to visit mama, as my uncle allows.
2: And on this day, uh, it's actually kind of a special day. You're on your way to Mama's right now because this is the day that Katerina Boisseau comes home. Katerina's been making a pretty steady recovery uh, after being diagnosed with brain damage. Marcel, unfortunately, still more or less comatose as he was the last time you all seen him. So you're headed up the steps to Mama's house. What's the date? The date is uh, Thursday, August 8th, 1926. So it's been about two months since our last game. As you get up to Mama's front door, you notice that it's very slightly ajar. You hear drums coming from the inside.
3: I very carefully palm open the door to look inside. All right. Because you never know with Mama's house, there could be things going on.
2: And as you go inside in the living room, you're a little bit shocked by what you've seen. You've all seen uh, Mama in her rituals that she does with the loa, mostly contained to the, her upstairs room. Now the whole house seems to be in disarray. There's beads. There's, there's some animals inside. There's actually a, a live chicken that runs across the, the floor. Um, the whole living room, the parlor that you see when you enter Mama's house is voodoo accoutrement. Uh, there's two men in with her, they're both hitting on drums, and Mama turns around and sees you says, oh, oh, Rose, and she signals to the other guys to, to stop playing drums. Uh, you're a little bit taken aback, even though you have seen Mama a couple times. She's lost probably about 20 pounds. She's, she's much grayer than she was. She looks a little bit haggard. Um, so she takes a look at you and says, oh, oh okay, Rose, it's, it's, it's time for us to go.
3: Right. I look at her and look at the two men and say, "Well, you've obviously been busy."
2: Oh yes, oh yes, working with the lower for uh, my my children's recovery. All right, and now we're mm-hmm. gonna go over to Remy Pascal. What have you been doing these last couple months?
4: Well, for the most part, I've been just trying to get back to a state of normalcy, running the bar down over at the Bourbon Barrel and. Occasionally checking in on my newfound friends, stopping at Chef Pardue's restaurant every now and again, but uh, mostly just just running business as usual. All right, thank you. Rose, now
2: we're on the St. Charles Avenue streetcar and we're heading up uh, St. Charles Avenue towards Ashina Hospital. Mama takes a look at you. She's been pretty quiet up to now and says, you see Leon?
3: I, I don't know, Keeper, have I? Well, have you? No. Well, here and there on, on my visits up here, yes. Hmm.
2: Well, you better keep that boy away from me. He's That boy is dead to me.
3: No, we don't have to talk about him if we don't want to.
2: She looks out the window and just kind of goes into a reverie. You look out the window and you go into a reverie huh? Um, One thing that's happened to you these past couple months is you've been having some nightmares. You've been having nightmares about the man that you saw sketching that strange symbol in the Luke-Garoo speakeasy. You've been having the strange dreams again of your parents. Uh, Somewhere out there, you know that there's more to your parents' death than you've been led to believe. More to what sank that unsinkable Titanic on its maiden voyage. The deeper you go and the deeper you dream and the more you look for your books, the more convinced you become that the answers are found in devils images and the tales of witches and in rumors of the ravings of mad arabs. I've been
3: having fun, obviously.
2: John, Jerry Sanderson, what have you been doing these past couple months? Okay, so
5: for the past couple months, um, right after that exciting incident at the cemetery, uh John was actually helping the local police go through Gabriel's home. Um, not just to do inventory of stuff they found, any anything weird, just to, to kind of look after things and basically help as much as he can. Uh besides that, he was going to try to keep an eye out on Mama's place as much as he can. He knows mama's proud and with everything she's gone through didn't want to cause her any other stress or anything like that. So what he'd do kind of in his off time is take a stroll by there, you know, keep an eye out on things, not want her too far. So he just kinda of goes by and you know, basically tries to keep an eye on as you know, as much as he can and and still kind of on uh, back up with the local place too. So
2: All right. And you did receive an accommodation for your role in solving the murder of Loretta Boissot and the attackers on Chef Pardieu's restaurant. So you've been put in charge of the Faison investigation, essentially, which is, as you say, what you've mostly been staying busy with these past couple of months. Rose, we're now at the hospital. And you and Mama walk in, and you've been in this hospital before, as you've taken Mama to visit. And it is a, a dismal place. It is mostly empty. Um, every once in a while a nurse will just walk by with a gurdy and just have a, a sullen look in her eye. Mama takes a look at you and she looks over for the, the one of the doctors that she knows and says, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get my baby girl. You go check on Marcel.
3: All right. And I, I go towards where I know Marcel to be. All
2: right. So you you look through the window of the door into a, a darkened hospital room and you see Marcel there and he's uh, you can see through the the window into the room that he's um, just laying there comatose as you've seen him before very sad.
3: I go in and I stand by him and I lift his hand and I just kind of hold it for a minute.
2: Right and as you do that if you've done it a couple times before all of a sudden that hand grabs your arm and Marcel sits up (laughs) and he says Rose! Rose, Marcel, have you seen it? Have you seen it, Rose?
3: See, see what? You're hurting me.
2: I see it. And, he, and he, he grips your arm even tighter and says, you and, <laughs> and, 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 and the barman and the detective and all the others. Y'all got the trials of Job ahead of you. The trials Trousal? of Job.
3: What? The trials Trousal? of Job? Uh, Marcel.
2: And all of a sudden, as you, as you clench your eyes shut like that and you open them again, Marcel's back to laying stationary on the bed the way he was. And you don't know if you imagined it, did it happen, your arms sore.
3: <sighs> I, I look around for a for a doctor or a nurse or anyone.
2: And as you as you as you walk out of the room startled and you walk right into a man and boom, just nudge him to him. He says, Ah, Madame, ma, madame mademoiselle, excusez-moi. Uh, he sees the state that you're in. He says, Are you okay? He's a, a tall, yeah. handsome French man.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm all right now. <laughs> Thank You're you. Sure.
2: Looks like you've seen a, a terrible friend. Uh,
3: well, my my uh, arm is just a little bit sore, but no, I'm I'm fine.
2: Uh, that's good. That's good. You take care of yourself. And, uh, all right. And and he's walking away. He says, "You you have a good day now, Miss Noble." Wait, what? And he walks around the corner and is gone.
3: I run to the corner and I look around it for him.
2: And as you do, you run around the corner, look for him, and there's no sign of the handsome Frenchman and his uh, very unusual tie-tack with the green crescent.
3: Hmm. Tie-tack with the green crescent.
2: And you hear Rose. And it's Mama. And you walk back around the corner, and you see Mama, and she's holding the hand of Katarina in her hospital gown.
3: Oh, Kat! And I I come forward to, to kind of hug her
2: and she doesn't really move much. She just, you can see she's pretty docile, and, but she is on her feet. And as you put her arms around you, she says, how's Leon? So how is Leon? Leon?
0: Oh, well, uh, I've been doing okay. Uh, Dean Woodwood tried to uh, give me an extra couple of weeks off after the incidents at hand. But I felt that I needed to throw myself back into my work. Uh, school's been okay. I have a, a student, Samuel de Vista. He's been working on his Portuguese, not doing a very good job. He's a nice kid, but there's things about him that remind me of Marcel. And uh, that makes it really difficult to be professional. Uh, my scars are mostly healed up by now. Uh, Mama won't talk to me. Uh, I. She blames me for not telling her about Marcel actually still being alive. I guess I can't blame her for that. Uh, best I just leave her alone. Uh, the scars are healing, but uh, the pain continues, and it'll probably continue for a long time.
2: So you're getting into your... Um... Your, your your summer semester, your first at Tulane, your your students seem to like you. You're getting along well with the faculty so far. Um, you, you found a couple of favorite students, the boy uh, Walter Walter Resnick, um, who came by to meet you as you were getting settled in your office. He'll he'll stop by your office. He he did start as a freshman in the summer session, and. Uh, you know, he just kind of wants to talk about your, your work at Miskatonic and your dissertation. And he's not in any of your classes because he, he's just a freshman, but he wants to learn about New England and, and talk to you about Nathaniel Hawthorne. And have you ever seen the House of Seven Gables and all that kind of thing? Oh, sure. Sure. So he's he's a, a very, very interesting young man who's quite taken with you as a, as a mentor already.
0: In fact, where I was staying was not too far from where Nathaniel Hawthorne grew up. Oh, that's, writing.
2: that's so interesting. All right. And now we'll go over to the camera. We'll pan over to Chef Pau newly refurbished and remodeled restaurant, which is very busy this morning over on the corner of St. Charles Avenue and Audubon Place. Chef, what what are you uh, up to uh, at, the, at the restaurant this morning?
1: It's actually been busy lately. Um, it was slow at first. Of course, I was still in the hospital for a while. Uh, and it took a little bit of time for me to try to rebuild confidence within the community. Um, it seems like for everyone who said that I was a hero, which I certainly don't claim myself as being a hero, I think Rose had the, the great chat at the end. So I try to explain that Rose had a lot to do with it. Um, and at the same time assure them that you know it was a freak thing and we don't normally have that clientele and the restaurant's safe and so I'm struggling with trying to. I feel like my reputation, of, or the restaurant's reputation, has really been damaged.
2: Well, business does not uh, suggest that. It's it's quite the, the contrary. It's become such a sensational news story that people want to come by and you know the restaurant. On uh, since especially since you've done some some upgrades and repairs with the insurance money from the attack, um, business has, has been good, and uh, and you're definitely self-conscious because you might not feel like a hero and. Are definitely a little bit traumatized by the events and, and your injury, but um, your, your restaurant has become a little bit of a spot to, to hang out and be and be seen a little bit. People want to want to shake your hand and, and, and thank you for ridding the city of that swamp trash that attempted to rob your restaurant. And as morning, as you're looking out over the restaurant, you see uh, Alice Thibodeau come in for her, her, her usual brunch spot she's with one of her friends, and they, they take a table. I guess I would be familiar enough to call her Alice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably not. She sees tip it 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 Hi, Jason, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for stopping by today. And it's not, not lost on you that she uses your first name. And she says, oh, this is my friend, uh, my my, uh, my friend Daphne. This is a, there's another lady with her, and, and Alice. We, we've seen her before. She is a, a attractive woman, and, and re, you know, fairly recently uh, widowed, uh, mid forties, uh, blonde, blonde curly hair with some streaks of gray. And Alice Thibodeau is known around uptown. She's a she's a socialite. She spends a lot of time with charities, especially now that her her husband's died. She likes to antique and um, do the things that wealthy widows like to do. And so she they pick up the menu and she's going to get her usual this morning. I'm going to chef. I, I I love to have some of your your shrimp and grits. Absolutely. And Daphne says I'll have the same and uh, and uh we'll see some eggs too. That's a wise choice, Daphne. Right. She says as you go to to process the order, she says, chef. She says, I wanted to Jason. I wanted to ask you. Um, you, know, you you've. You, you, your business here, this restaurant has become such a staple, and I, I so appreciate what you did for my, for my husband after he passed, and I, I'd like to, to do something nice for you, and I'm having a little bit of a, of a gathering with some friends, and there's some people I, I, I'd love for you to meet uh, over at my house uh, this Friday night, so that's tomorrow night. I would love it if you could make it. I believe I can. i just have to check my schedule,
1: but I'm pretty sure I'm afraid That would be fantastic.
2: Oh, it'd be so nice to see you, Dad. She, she leans in. She says, "And if you, uh, if you could bring, bring your friends, bring, bring you your friends who helped you with all that nasty business." Okay, I think we can track them all down. Can I bring anything else? Food. Oh no, we got that covered. We got. We're gonna have food from Galatoire's. Galatois. Yeah. <laughs> And you, of course, you would know Galatoire's.
1: All right. Is This just a, a informal gathering, or is this?
2: Um, you know, it's going to be a lot, a lot of my friends and some people in my in my social circles, and that I work with in the charities, and uh, well, what's up tonight, Chef? Okay. Maybe I'll take my apron off for that. Yeah, you won't. You won't need to do any cooking tomorrow night. All right, night off. All right. So what would you like to do now? Would you like to reach out to some of the others? Yeah, I will
1: I guess um, after the breakfast rush, I'll try to make some phone calls, I guess, would probably be the easiest way.
2: All right, go on ahead. Um start oh, don't you guys with, just play it out for a few minutes?
1: Start with Remy first, see if he's at his uh, bar. I know it's early in the morning, but
4: Ring, ring. Mm -hmm. Bubba Barrel, how can I help you? Hey, is this Remy? Yeah, this is him. Hey, Remy, this is Jason. Oh, Chef, how are you doing? Good, thanks, good, thanks.
1: Listen, I wanted to ask you if you're free tomorrow night. I
4: got uh, an
1: invitation for all of us from uh, Miss Alice Thibodeau. She's having a little get-together, and she invited everybody.
4: Oh, that's mighty kind of I can certainly make sure that I uh, free up my schedule for that and make sure uh, one of my bummen uh, covers for me. Great, great. Do you
1: have any uh, contact information for Rose or Leon?
4: You know what? Uh, Rose actually is stopping by to, to sing later on this evening. I can certainly inform her of the invitation. Okay, great. And I'll try and get in touch with John Gary. Perfect. Well, it was wonderful hearing from you, Chef. Look forward to tomorrow night. Yep, sounds good.
1: John, Jerry,
0: where?
1: do you want me to? John, Jerry, where would you be on an early Thursday morning? Office. Are you an office person? I'll call your office, I guess. Ring ring. Hello. Hey, is this uh, Agent John Jerry?
5: Yes, it is. Good morning. How's it going? How can I help you? Good,
1: thanks. This is Jason, chef. Hey, how's it going? How are you feeling? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, The leg still hurts when it's hot and humid, so pretty much all the time. But uh, uh, hey, if you're not doing anything tomorrow, are you around? Um, We got an invitation of the, the whole group of us. Go to Alice Tipadoo's. She's having a little get get together.
5: Oh, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure I'm free. Is it just the I was gonna say, is it just
1: our group or other people or is it it's our group and then it's gonna be a bunch of her friends and Oh okay. I'm not entirely clear if this is just social only or if maybe this is Mm. for one of our charity events or not. So
5: Well sounds good. What's the worst that could happen? Yep, exactly. Okay, right. good. We'll see you tomorrow night then.
1: Yep, sounds good. See ya. Do I need to call Leon?
2: Yeah, hey, well,
0: why don't you holler at him? Leon Leon's going to uh, uh early lunch. He's gonna head over to uh Chef Pardue's restaurant.
1: I thought for sure you were gonna say you're gonna head over to downtown.
2: Well it would make this it would make sense because Chef uh Pardue's restaurant is just uh literally a couple blocks from Tulane.
0: Yeah. So I just you just happen to notice me wander in.
1: Okay, great. I have a book. Mr. Leon, it's good to see you again here. Thanks for stopping by.
0: Ah, Mon ami. How are you doing this morning?
1: Uh yeah, same old, same old. Like hurts, but I think everybody's tired of it. Yeah, I see somebody's
0: down. at my usual table. Can I just sit anywhere?
1: Oh yeah, it's not that crowded. What would you like?
0: Um Oh uh, that French thing that you make for me. <laughs> How about some gumbo? For breakfast? No. Oops, the pomparie. Grits it is. Oh. Stuffed French toast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good.
0: Um, so, are you busy tomorrow night,
1: by any chance?
0: Well, I got finals coming up in a couple of weeks, but yeah, I guess so. Why? What do you have in mind?
1: We, we all, the group of us, got an invite from Alice Tipidale. Uh She's having some sort of a party or a get
0: together. Some sort of a fado, do
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Sure. What Great. time?
1: uh I'll say the time, although I don't think we narrowed it down
2: uh,
0: seven o'clock say so. you seven o'clock. do we know the address
2: uh yeah, I would say that that chef would know where where uh alice lives it's it's along St Charles avenue so.
0: okay sure, sure I'll be there seven o'clock great I'll meet you there. um what what sort of dress is it formal or
1: uh, I don't uh, think anything that formal, so just uh, you know, there, there's. She said she mentioned something about her her, uh, her charity friend. So I'm assuming, not sure if this is entirely ple- for pleasure or for business. So.
0: Well, that's cool. All right, thank you.
2: Yeah. Uh, so uh, Remy, I assume that you would talk to Rose at night as she shows up to sing and. Rose, that sound like the kind of soiree you'd be into?
3: Well, Remy, I have to tell you something.
4: What's that, Rose?
3: Um, I was with Mama to take Cat home today. And Marcel woke up and he grabbed me.
4: Come again? He, he grabbed you?
3: sat up. And he said, have you seen it? And he said, we are in for the trials of Job.
4: Trials of Job? What, some sort of biblical reference? I mean, what, what does that mean?
3: I don't know. I don't know.
4: I certainly think we should tell the others, are, are you okay? I mean, you said he grabbed you. I mean, wh- what happened after that?
3: Well, I mean, I got patched up. And then I'm fine now, but
4: uh, once he, once he laid back down, did anything happen after that? I mean, he just he just laid there,
3: he just laid there, and it was as if he had never batted an eyelash.
4: Hmm, well, I have to admit, that is very strange. You, you didn't tell mama about that, did you?
3: No, 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 uh, I,
4: I think I think it's best we, we let the others know, uh, certainly after the. Well, we've been through the last couple of months. And only right we, we tell them there's something else going on.
3: For certain, yes.
4: Yeah. On, to, on to a bit of a happier topic. Uh, the chef called me today and, and let me know that we're having a little get together tonight at Miss Thibodeau's house uh, right down the road. Is that something you might be interested in?
3: Oh, yes. I, I need something something nice.
4: Yeah,
3: I would that's... like that.
4: That sounds wonderful. Well, it's right around 7 p.m., and uh, we'll head over
3: right around that time. Oh, wonderful! I got so much shopping to do.
4: <laughs> so, you guys would
2: know that you know, anytime you get invited to a party on St. Charles Avenue, it is it is a big deal. Um, as you would have seen, if you know, have read the streetcar along there many times, the architecture is just uh phenomenal and it is uh beautiful. And I would just an image of what it would look like on the streetcar coming up St. Charles Avenue, the, the oak streaks, The oak trees on either side of the, uh, the neutral ground, as we call it, um, with uh, the street running one way and then the other way on the other side of the neutral ground. Um, it's, a, it's a popular place to promenade. Uh, people will be walking up and down the neutral ground or along the sidewalks on the streets and um, the, the streetcar is coming and going. And then as you get to Alice Thibodeau's house, it looks like this, uh, and the architecture along St. Charles Avenue is just world famous. Just, uh, you can to see the, the the history of 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 architecture unfold right in front of your eyes. You know, uh, Spanish and French and colonial and. So, because
0: of the location, I assume we're wearing we're wearing good suits, at least.
2: You would know it would be something that you would probably pull out some of your best clothes for given that you you know that Alice Thibodeau is a socialite um, just from the the times that you've, you know, kind of run into her at the restaurant. So everybody sees Alice's house a little bit of a Spanish influence there. So I would say that you guys can maybe either meet at Chef's and just take the streetcar up the road or maybe you arrive around the same time. Can you remind um, me? Kurt, her husband was the politician. No, no. the The congressman that got shot wasn't um, wasn't related. Her husband, Donald, you had the. There were regular customers of yours, and you yeah. had a, a kind of a like a celebra- celebration after his after his funeral. Okay. Uh, she wanted to have people over to your restaurant, and so you cooked and catered, and um, you know it kind of celebrated his life. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So this is so in, inviting you, you know, what she was telling you is that she'd like to do something nice for you now, given everything that you've been through and would like to have you as part of her party and, and introduce you to some of her other friends. Cool. All right. So as you guys uh, approach the front door, you you do hear, um, you might have been a little trepidatious wondering what you were getting into, but you do hear some, some nice music coming from inside.
0: All right.
3: Well,
2: I've been yeah, looking forward
0: to this. Well, enough.
2: Yeah, as, as you knock, you're all maybe a little bit self conscious, just kind of like picking out your suits and dress and just, you know, doing it up a little bit just to say, like, oh, Benny's a fancy people. And you knock on the door and a dark Creole uh, uh, woman answers the door. And uh, you don't know if uh, if this is uh, what, you know, the, some, some sort of the help. Um, but she says, oh, what? Welcome, folks. Come, y'all come on in now. And then uh, you, you hear Alice say, thank you, Isadora. She's like, these are my friends. This is the, the uh, Chef Jason I was telling you about and his friends. And she says, mighty nice to meet y'all. Pleasure to meet you, think uh, is, says, Isadora. Isadora, she's, she's, uh, more, more, she's been with me for a long time, but, but more like my big sister. And Isadora says, oh, Miss Alice, you, you stop that now. So what can I get for you folks? What can I get y'all to drink?
0: Well, what do you have?
2: <laughs> Alice says, we have everything you want, Professor. And, you, and as you come in and you're, you're kind of walking through the foyer, you hear that there is a, you can kind of see a glimpse, and there's a jazz band setting up. Um, and the music that you heard was just, you know, a couple of the people warming up, uh, and you can instantly smell some very delicious food.
0: I'll have a Sazerac. Just like they make them over at the Sazerac Hotel.
2: All right. Coming right up, she says. Anybody else?
4: A bourbon for me, ma'am, if you don't mind. And a bourbon? Yes, sir. Same for me, please.
5: Get the same for me as well,
1: please.
2: All right. Chef? Uh, Maybe just an iced tea for me. Iced tea. And, uh, and, uh, And, and Alice says, uh, "And, and uh, Isadora has a, an aviation." She says, "Coming right up, everybody." So she goes, in, and there's actually a bartender who's set up. So she's not making the drinks herself. Isadora's giving the, the drink orders to the bartender. Um, you see, there's a few pe- a few workers that are in in you know white uh, restaurant uniforms. Those would be the good people from Galatoire's. Um, there are other people. Um it, it's a it's a party, so you're you're walking in and, and people look and, and kinda of wave and you know there's different clusters of people grouped up talking and drinking and laughing. Um Hello. there's some
0: there's Hello.
2: some, there's some hors d'oeuvres out, out on the table and you know, the, the kind of things you would expect to see. Um and then you know, a lot of a lot of activity going on in the kitchen around the corner. What would y'all like to do?
0: Well, I'm just going to wander about a bit, right. see if anybody looks interesting, wants to be talked to.
2: So I'll just give you all a moment just to kind of, you know, get, kind of settle and get the, the lay of the land. And uh, she'll come out and she'll say, everybody, I want to I introduce you to some friends. And she'll say, this is, this is my, my, my friend, uh, Chef Jason Pardue from over at Pardue's," And everybody claps at that. Um, and these and are his, his friends. This is uh, Professor Leon from over at Tulane. Everybody goes, ooh. And, uh, and, and Miss Noble, the, the singer. And, uh, and this is Mr. Remy, and he, he runs an establishment in the French Quarter. Then how could I forget uh, the man who, who also helped uh, solve those terrible crimes from a couple months ago, De- Detective John Jerry Sanderson. So she knows who you all are. And everybody, like, right everybody's very impressed, and
3: uh,
2: and uh, you know everybody just now at this point starts kind of mingling around, a um, lot, lot of small talk. Uh, how how do you guys feel about people wanting to kind of talk about what happened? You know, like I said, the, the, the story that that got to the news and that you know the police the police kind of curated was. Um, that this was a, a robbery. That these were people who come from the who came from the swamps to rob the place. Who killed the congressman in the meantime, and then he was bravely fought off by by a lot of you all. So how does that make you feel? Well, I it. We we've
3: probably got a concocted story by this time that we've all uniformly learned to recite for people. Is my guess.
0: Well, it. Uh, it's not really concocted. I mean, the fact was they were quite honestly trashy people from the swamps that came out here to do some harm to some of the very nice city folk, especially the Brousseaus. And we uh, managed to get in the way.
4: <laughs> so, do literally. Do the majority of folks know just about the restaurant or do they know what happened in the graveyard as well? Uh, they don't know as much about what happened in, in the graveyard
2: yeah they know what kind of what the story is reported to the news because remember this is this is local this is in the neighborhood, so um that there was a robbery attempt that some some armed swamp people came in, killed the congressman, nearly killed chef and uh, and then were essentially fought off by, by the, the bunch of you all
0: then my story is I wasn't there.
2: Uh, a lot of people definitely want to talk to to John Jerry to find out but more, more of the inside scoop um, how How do you feel about talking about that and, and, and as people ask about this it's kind of it 's kind of weird because there 's a morbid curiosity as as there often is with these kind of things but as people bring it up you know you, you get these flashes of just just blood and and your friends being hurt and and Marcel, you know Leon, you, you're getting these visions of Marcel attacking you, and and Rose, you're, you're trying to have a good time, but you're also thinking about what happened earlier today, as well as these visions of these people coming at you, and in, in the cemetery, and, and having to shake around salt desperately to try and try and protect yourself and your friends. So this is there's an interesting dichotomy of you know how this how you guys are being treated as. Sort of celebrities, but also bringing back a lot of really bad memories.
0: Well, I I'm able to sort of sidestep that by by explaining that I wasn't there at the at the restaurant. So they're probably once I say that they're not interested in talking to me. I can. Uh,
2: well, they are. They they are. And, and one man says, So oh, Tulane, huh? You're Tulane man.
0: Uh yeah, yes, oh, yeah. Teaching there for hopefully the next ten years. Oh yeah, you're on the, that tenure track. That's where I'm working for.
2: Oh, I heard that. What What are you uh, What are you teaching over there?
0: I teach linguistics. I teach uh, four different languages at the college.
2: Oh, well, how interesting! What which languages?
0: Uh, French, Spanish, Portuguese, and Latin.
2: Oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of words to learn.
0: Mm. And I say something in in Latin like uh, it is what it is
2: <laughs> and, and he understa- He actually understands it and he says oh indeed back in Latin
0: um, actually that's probably one of my personal tactics is if I'm at a party like this I try to listen to see if people are speaking other languages besides English at which point I can just have a common connection with them because I'll speak something to them in that language and then we'll be fine like
2: yeah. Dutch, <laughs> and you don't hear too much other languages being spoken. Like, you like you would assume that uh, being kind of uh, uptown and, and educated people, a lot of these people probably know French, um, but they're they're not speaking it. You know, this they speaking English. Um, and uh, somebody comes up and says, Miss Noble, what was your uh, what was your part in all that brouhaha?
3: Well, it happened like this. I was one of the first people to know that there was something going on. I just sensed it, and I knew that if we didn't take cover immediately, there would be some blood spilt.
2: Oh, my. How ghastly.
3: It was. It was awful. Luckily for me, I had my trusty little, what is it, My, my trusty little handgun with me, and I always keep it well cleaned and well oiled for just such occasions as this. Always clean your gun.
2: My goodness, one of the ladies actually pulls like, some, some, uh, like, uh, like a smell and tincture out of her uh, purse and it takes a smell on it. it. Says, do do go home.
3: <laughs> well, I knew that if we didn't get out of there, there'd be blood spilled. So, the closest exit was the kitchen. I knew that there was an exit out that way. Out the kitchen? Out the kitchen. Yes. And of course, it didn't help that everything in there smells so good. Everyone will naturally be drawn there. Yeah. So I went down there and I took cover. And when I saw that man, that man start to come through. I aimed my gun. Oh my goodness. My heart was pounding.
2: Oh, and she reaches up to for her and grabs her St. Anthony necklace.
3: <laughs> and I aimed and I fired. Oh,
2: Goodness. ah, uh, Miss, miss door could I get another drink? Uh, it, it's uh it's nice, night, ni- nice meeting you, miss uh, Miss Rose. I'll i oh, talk
3: to you later. I hope I didn't upset you, dear.
2: Oh not not, not at all. Is, door what's that drink now? <laughs> and she kind of walks off. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Pascal, a couple couple guys, you know, super nicely dressed, come up to you and says, What's your uh, uh, Allison, you uh run a business down in the quota.
4: Yes, yeah, right. I'm uh one of the I'm the owner of the fine bourbon barrel speakeasy over there. Speakeasy. How interesting. Yeah, it's no, it's not exactly in accordance with uh with the legal times, but uh the, uh, the detectives leave me well enough alone and uh, people people get what they're looking for. Yeah, that that
2: is the time we're living in. You, uh, you probably got some interesting stories to
4: tell and run into some interesting characters down there. Oh, of course. From time to time, uh, my regulars are a fine group of folks, but uh, certainly every now and then we get the drunken sailor off the dock or what have you. You have to throw that gentleman out, but uh, yeah, it's not quite, as, not quite as raucous as you might imagine. Hmm. You
2: ever getting into any uh, entanglements with the, the Marcellos or the, uh, the Dice
4: Brothers? Oh, not too much. Uh, certainly, they always always show up from time to time, uh, looking for protection money or what have you. And I pay my due like everybody in the quarter, but uh, we don't get in too much trouble. They leave me well enough alone.
2: Well, that certainly is good to hear. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, uh, and they look at each other and giggle a little bit. Maybe we'll uh slum it and come down there some night.
4: Yeah, it would certainly be graced by by a presence as fine as the fine folks in this this here establishment. Well, cheers to that, Dan. And
2: cheers to New Orleans. Cheers to New Orleans. Right. And at this point, some of the um, the guys from the ki- the kitchen help. They come out and they start setting a table. So some really fine uh, silverware in China. And they start laying out plates and silverware. Um, and, and the band is starting to kind of key up now. And, and they're just playing some kind of quiet, you know, Quiet jazz, not not too loud or too raucous for, uh, you know, for for the gathering that's going going around. There's not really a stage; they're just kind of set up in the corner. And Alice has a piano, so there's one guy at the piano, and and the drums are set up now, just a kind of a minimalist drum kit, a couple of horns. So they're actually kind of getting into their thing now. And uh, uh, so, uh, you were uh, you a lawman? You tell somebody comes up to, to John Jerry and says, uh, you, uh, you that detective, I heard, heard of you. i going to say, well, yes,
5: I am. Yeah. I was going to say the stories are true. Um, you know, I was involved with this and yeah, I think there were a lot of horrible things that happened. I was going to say we're lucky to be alive and, uh, I was going to say there were a lot of people hurt as well. Could have been worse, so um, I'm just glad that it's over with. But you, uh, you killed them all, right? Yeah, we took care of them. They're, you know, they're not around to harm anybody else. You know, so that's the most important things.
2: Yeah,
5: well, a lot were hurt as well. So, well, it could have been worse. It could have been way worse.
2: Well, I think y'all, y'all ought to go out to where they came from and take care of the rest of them. That's what I think.
5: Well, as of right now, I, I don't think there are any more of them. And uh, if something does come up again, uh, I think we'll be better prepared.
2: So uh,
5: hopefully this never happens again.
2: Hmm. Well, there's so, always, always There's
5: always lot of over scars here. So.
2: I imagine so. Well, next time, you just make sure you get them all.
5: Oh, definitely.
2: So, so it's kind of those kind of conversations with, with, with you, John, Jerry, you know, they're like, you know, you really took care of them, right? And you, you can definitely feel um, the, the weirdness of class here, you know, the, the class divide, these people who have probably never had too much hardship in their life and definitely don't know what, what you all been through these past couple months. And um, as you go up to the, the bar to, to get another drink, um, as you go up to the bar to get another drink, a man comes up behind you and says, they just don't get it, do they? No, I don't think they do. Uh, good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm good, Mr. Sanderson. And you, this is someone that you recognized. Um This is, um, you, you know, you you are, an, as the people have been looking at you like you're a celebrity, you recognize this man, and, and you know this man to be um, his name is John Raymond LaGrasse. Okay, he is he is, you know, essentially a famous retired detective. He's about he's about twenty years older than you. And, okay, you know, he's he's dressed nice, but he's he's a little bit haggard. And you know, this guy, uh, detective, is was on a famous case that busted a cult in the swamps uh, about about twenty years back. And OK, was, so
5: I'd recognize him right away then,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah, everybody who's on the police department okay. knows, knows yeah. the grass. Um, he, he made one of the biggest busts in NOPD history when they went out there and busted about 60 cultists out in the swamps about 20 years ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the other big find from, from that investigation was a statue that he brought back that became the talk of academic and anthropological circles all around the country. Mm-hmm so he says. so he tells you he's like you you just keep doing what you're doing detective sanderson you don't you don't worry about what these people got to say
5: well thank you very much i appreciate the i well, appreciate the information and uh if i'm ever stumped or anything do you mind if i uh, look you up for a couple questions okay you seem to program you know the most experience around this town on well, the playstation itself so hopefully this never happens again hopefully this is passed but uh you will never know down the road.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, you, you go ahead and, and look me up if you ever need me.
5: Well, thank you very much, I appreciate it.
2: And he says, I think I'm gonna call it an early night. And he shakes your hand, and he says, but we will see each other again.
5: Well, take care, have a good night, shake his hand as well.
2: Okay. You can see him walk over and he gives Alice a kiss on the cheek and, and then he, he leaves. And at this point, the food's coming out. Um, and what we got here is a Couchon de lait, which you guys know is a, is a pig. It's kind of like a, like a pig roaster, a, a suckling pig, Couchon de lait, delicious. It'll melt in your mouth. The erstaman is also out. We've got like a pile of ice and they just bring out bags of Urstas and start shucking. And so Alice invites everybody to sit down to dinner and um, you know we, she, people are getting more drinks in the bar. Bottles of wine are coming out as well. Red wine and white wine. And uh the Galatois people start cutting out the de lait the pig, and uh and also putting oysters on on the plates. So everybody sits down to eat and lots of great conversation going on and the jazz music is still a little bit low-key at this point and the food is delicious, and you know if you, if any you eat you eat oysters, these are raw oysters fresh up and caught off the coast of grand isle and It just tastes like you 're drinking right off the Gulf of mexico as you uh, as you put down these oysters, but then the contrast of the white wine to wash the oysters down is just a fine, fine clash of of flavors and textures and everything is just very delicious. The chef from Galatoires comes out and everybody claps a little bit and I don't know how that makes you feel, Chef. <laughs> a little bit of rivalry going on, maybe, because the food is mighty fine. I'm trying to hide my jealousy. Well, he's, he's
0: analyzing all the recipes and gonna reproduce for them so he really likes it. The
2: rest. Yeah. Well, Too he he actually much. comes over and and um, you know the the the, the servants are, are cutting up the pig, and he actually steps up next to him and the servant hands uh, Chef the knife, and he cuts off uh, a slab of of a uh, pig and puts on some garnish and, and uh and some oysters on the plate and he serves you chef Thanks, sir thank you sir very well very good no thank you He's like, why don't you uh why don't you come around sometime I'll give you the best table in the house well, thank you um, the invitation's returned and you stop by anytime you want we'll do and he pats you on the shoulder and heads back into the kitchen and work on dessert uh sorry Kurt you're saying Galatoires. Galitwais, I'll type it. Something like that, I think. So, um, everybody eats. Everything's delicious. Any uh, any dinner conversation that you guys want to have, or do you want to skip through it? Well, um, I'd like to get down to
0: why. Is Thibodeau invited us? Is it just curiosity, or
2: uh, I this is me. my
0: fine meal? Might be some oysters.
2: Yeah, the, the the oysters with the white wine, very delicious. And yeah, right now it's it's just pretty much a a, a dinner party. And I mean, do you, do you ask uh, Alice anything? or? You know, she, she's definitely, she did when you guys came in, she's singing your praises, and it, it seems like she's just trying to do a, a, a nice deed here by, uh, you know, kind of, this is yeah. sort of an, an introduction for, for some of you guys who aren't yet part of the society.
0: I guess it would be rude to ask the question, so I just wait for her to say yeah. something.
2: Cool. So, uh, so you guys get through the dinner course, and then the, the chef brings out dessert. And this is a uh, what's called a doberge cake, uh, a particular kind of cake that's uh, uh, also very delicious. It's it's a it's a giant cake that's a very particular uh, confectionery consistency, and half of it's lemon and half of it's chocolate. And mm-hmm. so uh, everybody cuts like a little piece of of each, so you can try it. And they um, they're, they're it, from the kitchen. they they're you can. Sp- it They're grinding chicory for the coffee to make uh, some some very fine cafe latte with coffee and chicory. Um, so that's what comes out for dessert. And uh, and then after everybody eats, everybody stuffs, everybody kind of gets on their feet, and that's when the the jazz starts to pick up a little bit, and it's uh um, it's getting close to the end of the night. And uh, so for their finale, the band really knows now that that dinner's over. The band knows what, what everybody wants to hear. Uh, and then Weed Palmer starts to drag the brushes maliciously across the traps in the opening sounds of the dead man's stomp.
0: I knew that was coming.
2: <laughs> and he says, Who'd if, if you feel it and holler if you hear it? says Donnie Bulin as his hands start crawling all up over the piano, favoring the black keys. Now here comes Ooh Smooth Gilly walk in the rhythm on the upright and then it all jumps off in it together and people start to whoop and holler and dance. Um, If you're startled or frightened by fast moving objects, you should avert your gaze from what's happening on top of Jimmy Clifton's trumpet. The true democracy of jazz and action. Black and white players talking and struggling and celebrating together as equals the tune simultaneously, angelic and despicable. Uptight socialites become flappers and everybody starts dancing wild. And then the crescendo, the euphoria of dying and being born all at once. And then it's over as ooh smooth Gilly hits the final A flat chord on the bass and holds it till it fades out of existence in time. And everybody looks around, panting, laughs nervously and claps at a band. Weed Palmer gets up from behind the drums and says, thank you, everybody. I sure do hope everybody has a good night now. And then they start to pack up their instruments and people start to get their stuff and their coats and maybe put down really quickly one for the road. And, uh, and then Alice does come over to, to Chef and, and says, Jason, if you don't mind, will you guys uh, stick around for a little bit longer? I believe I can. I hope the others can too. Sure.
0: I don't got to school tomorrow. It's a Saturday.
2: Right. So it takes a few minutes for, you know, for the band to pack up and put their things away and pack up the drums and everything. The other guests leave and, and come say bye to everybody. And, you know, it can, take a, it can take a little while to disperse a party. But in the meantime, Isadora is offering you guys more bourbons and more, uh, more drinks. Bathorax. You guys are probably feeling pretty good if you're drinking. A little while later, as everybody has gone, uh, Alice says, uh, uh, "I suppose uh, you're all wondering why I asked you to stay longer."
0: It had crossed our minds.
2: And she says, well, uh, "If you would pardon me for, for one minute, I'll I'll be right back." So she um, so she leaves the room, and uh, Isadora's is uh, offering. You know, she's got some uh, more some doberg cake that's left over. She asks if you want any more of that, or any more coffee, or any more drinks. Um, and then a few minutes later, Alice comes back in, and on the uh, kind of the coffee table, she puts down the, this little wooden box that almost looks like a, almost looks like a tiny coffin or, or a large chest, and it, it looks like, given what you all were involved in, with all that terrible scene.
0: How big is this thing?
2: It's about it's about two two and a half feet long. And about a foot and a half, wide.
0: There's so a lock on the front, yeah.
2: There's a there's a. It looks just like this. It's a obviously an antique. Um, there'd be a place where where the where it, there could have been a lock, but there's there's not one on there now. All right. And she says, uh, "I wanna, I wanna ask you all for some, some help." And she says, "As as you know, Jason, I." I enjoy, I enjoy my antiques and, and that's not a surprise to anyone when you look around the house. There's, you know, antique furniture and, and, and different things. And she's like, well, I, I found this a, a few weeks ago when I was out shopping and the most strange things have been happening ever since. Uh, a couple of days after I brought it home, uh, I started having some strange dreams. I, I dreamed that I'm somewhere lost in the darkness and running and uh, that I'm being that I'm being chased but I don't, I don't know by by who and then the next thing I know I'm I'm falling from some great height and then I'll, I'll wake up and and I've had these dreams almost every night since since I brought this chest home and lately they've been getting worse and then a couple nights ago uh, I actually woke up out in the backyard and, and, and Isadora found me and I was just laying out in the grass sleeping, and, and when I woke up, I couldn't remember anything except the dream. Hmm.
0: What's in the box?
2: Well, you can you can go ahead and open it.
0: All right. So I if there are snakes pop out, I'm gonna be pissed.
2: Well, when you open it, there's some some very, very like faded cloth. There's nothing inside of it. Um, It it looks like it was once lined. Um, There's there's some patches of very faded cloth. Um, It's it's obviously very old. Um, Someone can try to make a history check.
1: I have a suspicion already.
0: Got a 22, but I don't know. Uh, Got a
5: 47. That's barely
1: passed.
0: Uh, Oh, I I passed actually with... uh, Exactly half, so I got uh, hard.
2: You got a hard success. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: So if you got a regular pass, you you would know that this is some type of um, like like almost like an antique version of a of a suitcase. Um, Leon, you you would know through your studies that this is a uh, uh, that French, particularly French in nature.
0: Does it have a name in French or? Uh, a, ca- a ca-
2: Cassette. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a cassette. Cassette.
0: It's a French cassette. Mm.
2: Yeah, a yeah, French
0: cassette. But nothing inside of it other than some faded cloth that's part of the lining.
2: Yeah, it, I was just—I uh, was, you know, when I when I when I found this, when I bought it, I was I was just charmed by it and drawn to it for some reason. It's uh, obviously very old, Miss Miss Thibodeau. If you don't mind me asking, uh, who did you
4: purchase it from?
2: Oh, you know, this came from uh, down at uh, Benoit's Curios over on Canal. Benoit's?
0: Is there any uh, Provence uh, that goes with it? Any story
2: behind it? Oh, the, the man didn't know. I, I, I asked him about it, but he, he didn't seem to know too much about it. You know, over at, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Benoit's, but uh, you know, I, I picked this up from the special man.
0: Yeah, I uh, I don't go, I, I I I'm not really into antiques, so I don't do much shopping like that.
2: But, uh, but it's been a, the 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 strangest thing, and and I, I got to tell you, like after what happened the other night, I'm 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 quite frightened. And I thought that for you all, uh, given the way you handled that terrible situation over at the restaurant, I thought that maybe you could help me.
0: Well, what makes you think that? Your dreams are caused by
2: this, this box. Well, the, the timing sure is suspicious. They they started right after I, I purchased the, the cassette. Hmm. Isadora, and Isadora is over, just kind of like standing in the in the in the arch of the doorway, just looking over disapprovingly, and says, "I I, I told her she should get rid of it, but she don't want to."
3: I kind of reach inside and and run my hand over the lining a little bit, just to give it a feel.
2: Mm-hmm. Feels normal. Not I feel
3: like there's anything maybe under it, under the lining. No, there wouldn't be that much space.
0: A secret compartment.
3: Or like a piece of paper or something.
2: Not that you can try a you can try a spot hidden.
3: Okay.
2: So it was about two feet long.
3: Fifty-six. Nope, I did not make that. Yeah,
2: so it's small enough to kind of fit easily on the on the coffee table.
0: So basically, you'd put your clothes and stuff in this and take it with you when you went places.
2: Yeah, so like a like, an like a suitcase. A suitcase, Yeah, small small
3: one. Anything on the outside of it? Any kind of writing be, or anything?
2: It could be carry on now. Hmm. It Fit under your under your, in your overhead compartment. What was that, Kim?
3: So is there anything on the outside of it, like any writing or anything?
2: Well, let me put the picture of it back up, and it looks very close to this. Um, What you're you're actually looking at is pretty basic. Um, It's it's a a wooden outside. You can see on the front there where there would have been a a place where there would be a a latch and a lock, which which is not on there anymore. And when you lift it up, Again, you've got still a little bit of fragments of cloth lining inside, but nothing else. that's really discernible. So pretty, other than the fact that it's very old and clearly an antique from your physical inspection. Nothing too remarkable.
1: I've got a bad feeling about this. What what do you mean chef? What about on
5: the bottom of the box? Look under, underneath, if we kind of lift it up and look under
2: underneath. Mm-hmm. well, when you pick it up you it 's surprisingly light. Um, it looks like it would be you know very solid, but it 's not very the, the, the wood that it 's made from isn 't very thick and and, and so it's, it's surprisingly light when you when you pick it up, but if you kind of turn it over and, and Alice lets you you know inspect it any way you want to, um, again, nothing that that you see that 's remarkable
0: there 's no manufacturer 's marks or anything on the
2: you know if there was it would have since been worn away okay. what do, what do you what do, what do you say uh gives you a bad feeling chef
1: I don't know just something about the look of it and the size of it the fact that it's lined
2: is this is this possibly be a coffin oh my goodness i uh, I hadn't thought of that, but uh not not that i know of there wasn't any uh like like i said uh over at uh the Curio's shop uh he he didn't know too much about it um he just said he had bought it as part of an auction but um that that certainly would be morbid. I, I just thought it was a cassette is the uh the cloth
1: is it like fancy like silk or is it just uh, burlap or?
2: yeah it would be maybe maybe linen at best mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. Maybe I'm just spooked. I guess a couple of questions would be: uh, the lid, the lid is hinged. There's hinges. Yes. And in the picture, there is definitely a a latch on the front. Uh, but is there a latch in this particular one?
2: Yeah, there was a place where there would have been a latch to, to where you could lock it shut. But that's probably not worn off or broken off And the hinges work so you can You know you've lifted the lid
0: Right so probably not a coffin You wouldn't need to put hinges On a coffin you would just put the lid On it with the I assume an infant if it was A coffin You wouldn't have a a latch Uh, A baby baby could fit It's small enough A baby could fit but a baby could fit In a suitcase too I'm just thinking purpose-wise, it doesn't look like something that you would bury in the ground afterwards because why would you put all the fancy hinges and the the latches and everything on it? Unless you wanted to keep the baby inside the box because it wanted to get out.
2: Rose, do you do the thing that you wrote in the chat? Do you uh, kind of tear some of the lining?
3: Um. I think during my inspection of it I will catch will accidentally catch a little bit of it in my ring and accidentally tear it off when I'm pulling my hand out. It, it, oh my goodness. Oh I'm off. so sorry. Oh Mr. Melba, do please do be careful. So is there does there anything happen to be under does there happen to be anything under the lining? No. Damn. More, oh I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll I'll spread it back then. It's it's okay, and you know, like
2: like I said, I, I don't know why, but I was just uh, I was drawn to this. I, I wanted to take it home to add to my collection, and I got it for a good price.
0: Well, and and uh, you say that uh, that that Benoit's they didn't know anything about it, so I don't know. I'm not sure sure that maybe perhaps there's some other cause of your dreams. Um, this is just a box.
2: And you just can roll. Anybody who's familiar with the French Quarter could roll either, uh, like local or an idea roll to see if you know anything about I mouth
4: curios. Yeah,
0: they're go to places like that. So sixty-seven
4: uh, is a miss.
1: got an actual seventy, and that's my exact intelligence score.
2: Okay. Maybe, you've, you've heard of it? It's a it's an antique shop on a curio shop on on Canal and Royal Street. Royal Royal Street runs along kind of midway through the French Quarter, and it's mostly known for galleries and antique shops.
1: What do you guys think about that? Uh, do you think Mama would be able to do some sort of um, cleansing ritual for it?
4: I don't know that. Uh, I'm mama sure she'd knows. look at it if we asked her. I don't know that Mama's all too fond of talking with any of us right now, maybe other than Rose.
0: Uh, she's certainly not fond of talking to me. She doesn't want to talk to me at all. Can't say I blame her after everything that went down.
2: You, uh, you, you want to have your, your mama look at it? Does your mom know about antiques? Um,
3: a, a mutual friend of ours. Oh.
0: Uh is there a is there a, a a New Orleans name for a woman like mama? Is she a, uh I guess, I don't
2: know what you I guess a Voodoo princess or
0: <laughs> I don't know what you call them
2: Maybe just a maybe just a conjure woman.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mama's a a mutual friend. She's a conjure woman.
2: "Oh my, conjure woman." you mean like voodoo? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And Hoodoo.
0: But uh not Hoodoo. She's uh she's only aligned with the the loa, the positive spirits. Not that I particularly believe in that stuff, but uh if there's a spirit attached to this box, she should probably be able to uh send it on its way.
2: Oh, Mr. Fontenot, I I don't think y'all 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 people should get involved with that kind of stuff.
0: I agree. A thousand percent. Obviously math is not my, uh, my forte. (laughs) A hundred percent.
2: (laughs) Do you you think you can, you think you can help me? I'm, uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm scared to go to sleep most nights.
0: Well, Rose is, uh, still in contact with mama. I have, uh, damage my relationship with her so I, I can't help you there. But uh Rose sees her almost every day.
3: In fact I was just there yesterday.
4: Rose could go check up on that angle and uh maybe a few of us could head over to Benoit's just to see if we can't dig up anything else. Doesn't sound like there's much else, but might be worth a look.
2: Um I'm not not too not too keen on having the chest leave the house, but I'll, I'll, I'll trust you.
3: Thank you.
0: We'll bring it right back.
2: Cool. So it's, it's pretty late at this point. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's well, well past dinner. And so we're at about probably 10 30 or so.
0: Well, we thank you for a wonderful meal, wonderful party. Did you like the on? Fantastic best I've ever had.
2: What did you think, Detective?
5: Oh, very good. I agree the best I've ever had.
2: Uh, you try those oysters?
0: Oh, it's yeah. Delicious.
2: Aren't they great? They come from Grand Isle. Straight out the Gulf of Mexico. Hmm? And This house is just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Me, me and my husband lived here for 20 years before he passed. I miss him every day. But I also know it's time to move on and she glances over at Jason. Alice, are you going to be all right tonight? Or are you? And uh, Isadora steps in says, I'll, I'll, I'll keep a close eye on her. Thank you, Isadora. All right, well, I sure do hope, she's. and then Isadora says, I sure do hope then that all well, you have a nice evening and Thank y'all for coming tonight thank you for the, the party so she said, if you turned in a coat, she gives it you your coats and you know, kind of sees you to the door and, and well, she, okay she 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 leads in and says, please, please do help her."
0: We'll do what we can so as we're leaving
3: uh so are they uh, handing me the box or are they packing it up in something or
2: she' look at a handle on it. Not not really one that you could easily kind of go
0: yeah, on the ends, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Show wrap it in a, in a blanket would be the easiest way to carry it out. Like I said, it's not very. Okay. You would think um, with, the, with the wood, it would be a little. A little...
0: So, Remy, uh, I imagine your place is still open.
4: i would certainly head back uh, back to the bourbon meadow if that's what uh, caught your fancy. I could uh I could use a drink. And that cat. Let's uh we can head back that way.
3: Cool.
0: about okay. the rest of you.
3: Oh, I need to tell you guys what happened with Marcel. Right. Marcel. Yes. Is, I was with mama to take positive? cat home. I right. went inside and saw him while Mama was collecting cat. He reached up and he grabbed me. What? Marcel woke up.
0: That's remarkable.
3: And he looked at me and he said, he said, did you see it? And I said, said what? And he said, he said, we have the trials of Job ahead of us.
0: Are you sure you weren't just dreaming this? He spoke to you? I'm I positive. I'm the doctor.
3: positive, Leon.
0: The doctor look at me. Look at my arm. Permanent brain damage.
3: No, this my. didn't come from a dream.
0: Quite frankly, I'm tired of all these portents and scary things going on. We've got a, a box that's probably the coffin of a dead baby, and you've got Marcel coming back from the dead, and grabbing you and mentioning biblical figures and I'm just kind of up to here with it.
3: Uh, Whatever happens here, we just better watch ourselves.
0: You know, I still got the scars. They're still healing, but they're going to be ugly. If I ever do find a bride, she's going to see me naked and go, holy
2: crap. Alright. So we're doing some uh nightcaps over at the bourbon barrel?
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna take a double of whatever. Some nice nice stiff whiskey, no ice to I, I am like uh very nervous. We got ghosts and we got Remy coming back and bruises on her arm and I think I need a sanity roll. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I didn't
2: pass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you uh, you rolled it and it didn't pass, you got to take one at least. Yeah,
3: I'll take (sighs) one. we need more bourbon here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was just telling somebody today that I was thinking about staying here for the next 10 years. Now I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing here?
4: Oh, you... Surely you never experienced anything like this back in New England. Nothing bad I ever should happened. go right
0: back to Ockham where everything is safe and normal.
2: <laughs> Nothing strange ever happens. And, and professors are always safe from abduction. What, do you, all what do you all think
0: about this stuff? I, I begin to trust Chef's uh, feelings about. Boxes with nothing in
1: them. It just gives me the crease for some reason. I don't know.
0: Yeah, now I'm starting to imagine this dead baby walking around somewhere trying to find us. <laughs> Where's, I said we my box? It. Where's my box? <laughs> well, if nothing else, the fact that we got
1: it out of the house, if she has the same sort of yeah. dreams or nightmares or whatever.
0: Now, I... Yeah, I it's all for the night. I can't accompany you to Mama. she's uh, as they say, pissed off at me. all right. maybe if Remy comes back, then uh, the doctor said that they both had brain damage, but look, Katrina's Marcel. come back, so yeah, what did I say? Oh, uh, Remy, yeah, I'm not afraid of you coming
4: back, Remy. He's a little brain I it. think I've drunk a I'm little too much.
3: Back with uh,
4: I just want to know who's keeping the box overnight because you ain't leaving that me. thing here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's what I was saying. Who's getting the box for the night? I've already been the unfortunate recipient on the wrong end of some voodoo and uh, not quite interested in a demon baby either.
0: This is the, 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 the story of the demon baby. Holy crap. Now I'm gonna think about that all night.
3: Oh, I've had plenty of dreams already. I, I think
0: that we're all gonna have dreams tonight, thanks to that box.
1: Rose, I'll I'll if you want to take it, that's fine. But if you want to leave it at the restaurant, we can leave it there overnight.
3: Oh god, a dead baby in your restaurant. <laughs> that's all we need. Not a
0: baby, just a box. Sprinkle salt all around that box.
3: Ooh, that's not actually not a bad idea. Now we know what the secret. I'm gonna take out my my, that I always keep in my purse now.
2: now. You know the secret ingredient to the gumbo. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh
2: God! So tender.
4: Everything and in the, the chef's list. restaurant is oh. full of sodium now. Oh.
0: We all carry it in our pockets.
4: <laughs> take that.
0: Oh well, I think I'm half drunk. I gotta go. Uh we gonna get together in the morning? Yeah,
3: that's. You guys cool.
0: want to go over to Benoit's Curious Shop Curiosity
3: Shop?
0: Good place to eat. Box
3: for you in the morning, Chef.
0: And yeah. uh, Rose, you're gonna take that to see Mama.
3: I'm gonna go see Mama. Let's, See if she has um, anything to say about it.
1: What's my relationship with Mama at this point? Is it still is it damaged too, or is it Rosie the only the one
2: well Mama really felt betrayed by Leon in particular for not, not telling her about Marcel. Yeah. Remember, I told she, you to tell her. Yeah. She didn't know that um she didn't know that Marcel was still alive until until later after the kind of police and, and Judge sorted everything out. Um, and then she found out, like that, not only was Marcel still alive, but that he was actually never dead. And so, there's definitely some damaged trust with and being the the family's relationship with Leon. She felt pretty pretty hurt and betrayed by that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and Rose was the out of you guys. Rose is the only other one who previously knew the family from being friends with Katerina. So your your relationship and the rest of your relationship with Mama would be
3: neutral. Okay,
2: so she knows Rose- you. She knows you were all trying to help.
1: So Rose, if you want, I'll go with you while the rest of them go to the curios.
3: That sounds good. Okay. I don't really like the thought of being alone with that box, even in travel. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: All right, cool. So it's the next morning, and uh, you all meeting for some some breakfast or anything beforehand? Yeah, those those Uh beignets. Mm -hmm. To do some beignets and coffee and chicory.
0: I'm going to have those every single day for the rest of my life because it's 1926 and I don't think about my health.
3: <laughs> that right. and a big fast cigar.
0: Yeah.
3: It's an
5: for breakfast. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: So I just found out you can get those at Disneyland. I'm going to go back to Disneyland and get some of those. New Orleans Square, you can get beignets.
2: Cool. Cool. so um all right, so we're meeting up, we're having beignets and now uh it sounds like we're gonna gonna split up and Chef and Rose head over to, to Mama's and
0: Well did you have any weird dreams,
2: Rose? Yeah, do we
3: have any did any of us have any weird dreams?
2: Well your your dreams are pretty pretty unsettled every night, Rose. Um just from some, some of the, the things that you've been through and um but you didn't have any dream
3: any more than usual similar
2: to, to what what Alice described. Okay. So, you, you know, you're, you, you don't, you don't really sleep well to begin with, but you didn't have, you didn't experience what Alice was describing of, of being, being chased through the darkness of falling or anything like that.
3: Okay. Anyone right. else? Any weird break-ins in the restaurant?
2: Pretty uneventful night. You're, depending on how much you drink, you might be a little bit hungover. Um, once you get when, when you've got an open bar situation, and then headed to uh, the speakeasy afterwards, uh, everybody probably had their fill, and it's it's pretty tired from a late night. So you don't, definitely don't want to hear any live jazz at the moment.
4: Oh,
3: let's have some coffee, chef. <sighs>
0: Absolutely. Oh. Remind me not to drink so much whiskey.
3: <laughs> oh, we all know you wouldn't listen.
0: Probably not.
3: <laughs> Shouldn't
0: mix
1: drinks like that, hang yeah. on.
0: Well, Sazerac is mostly whiskey anyway. It's mostly bourbon.
2: All right. So do you guys wanna you guys wanna head over to 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 where you where you're going? Sure. All right. Let's start with um. Let's start with the group going to Benoit's. Okay. All right. So you get to Benoit's Curios. We're at the corner of of Canal Street, which is a very busy thoroughfare, heading away from the French Quarter, going north towards City Park, um, and uh, and Royal Street, which is which is kind of like art gallery and antique shop row. Um, if you follow Royal St- Street far enough to the east it'll it'll run behind Jackson Square. So it kind of cuts north to south right through the middle of the of the of the French quarter. Um you walk in and you see a a pretty a pretty standard antique shop. There's you know there's this stuff everywhere. Um and uh there's a counter there's a man standing at the counter talking to a woman there, behind the counter there's an office and you know as you kind of take in the scene it's like what a well-stocked antique shop would look like. You know, you've got, like, different china and silverware and artworks and vases and, and all kinds of things. So um, as you guys walk in, you know, ding, little bell rings, and the man standing at the counter, he says, Hey, he said, good, good morning, y'all. Uh, I'll be with you in, in just a few minutes. And so he's talking to a woman at the counter, and she's got a vase, like a big, vase that's up on the counter and and he's saying, uh, so uh, see here now, Miss uh Miss Enels. Um I I, uh, I I don't know if I can give you that, that vase for for that price that you're asking and she says, Well I I, I don't know. At the end uh twelve dollars just seems like a little too much. And he says, Well let's let's meet somewhere in the middle and she says, How about uh how about eight dollars? And he says, Eight dollars? Well, <laughs> you're gonna have to see the special man and then you see like a little bit of movement from the office and like a chair kind of wheels out. There's like a very large man with like a, like, a, like a button down shirt on, that's one size too small and a big cowboy hat. And he looks out and he's on his chair and he looks at her and he looks at him and he looks at her and he looks at him. And he says, Let i a have it. And then he wheels himself back into the office and he says, all right, with no problem. And he goes into the cash register and kind of rings it up. Um, gives her a receipt. She says, All right, thank you, Etienne. We'll see you next week. See what else is new. Okay, Miss Angels, we'll see you then. How are you folks doing today?
0: Doing fine. Nice shop. Yeah, welcome to Benoit's Curios.
2: You, guys. Mr. Benoit? Sure enough. Etienne
4: Benoit he comes out and shakes your hand. A pleasure to meet you. Yeah, what are we looking for today? No, we're actually uh, here to inquire about a piece that you sold not too long ago. Oh, I do tell. It was a chest uh, about two feet wide and about a foot and a half uh, long.
0: A French cassette. Mm. Sold it to Miss uh, 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 Alice Thibodeau.
2: Oh, Miss Thibodeau. Yeah, I think that was... Uh, I think that was, a f- that was a few weeks ago, right? Yes. Yeah, well, I think that was the the only one I had, if you're looking for another one.
0: Well, we were wondering if you know anything about it.
2: Uh, if I know anything about the cassette? Yes. Well, maybe. How about we... Uh, let me show you... I can, I can talk to you about that. How about we take a look around and show you what else we got? C'est bon? C'est bon? Sure. So he kind of gives you the tour of the place and... Like I said, you've got, you know, jewelry behind the counter. You've got dishes. You've got artworks. you know, one, one thing he's like, ah, it's like I, I, I want to. Uh, no, I'm going to find something that you're interested in today. He says, I want to show you this here. He holds up like a, like a boat paddle. He said, this was used on John Lafitte's pirou. And you guys would know John Lafitte as being a, a famous pirate. And he's, he's trying to tell you that this was one of his P-Rog boat, which is like one of those flat little swamp boats. And he says, and, uh, "He says, any of y'all like books? Oh, yeah. I got some oh, definitely. Really, got some real nice books over here. And then he says, how about you, miss? You like to read? I
4: don't think Rose is there. Oh, that's right. Rose
2: is there. Um, and, then, and so uh, Remy says, "I'm not a I'm not a miss, I'm a
0: What sort of uh, What sort of books does he have?
2: So he's got some. He's got some like early editions of uh, of Edgar Allan Poe. He's got some early edition Mark Twain, uh, and the kind of stuff you guys know what that Rose would be all about, and, and Katarina. and uh, you know anybody who's interested in that kind of thing. So so we, over at Benoit's, we got we got all kinds of nice stuff.
4: Yeah, I'll grab uh, I'll grab two books, one for Rose and one for Katarina and you know, just offer to buy them because uh, I think these would make lovely gifts uh, for for a couple of friends of mine.
2: Okay, Dan.
0: Any old foreign language books? French, Italian, Spanish, Latin, um, Greek.
2: Nothing. Nothing. That, nothing that's really particularly
4: super antique. Okay. You wouldn't happen to have an antique uh, salt shaker, would you? You know, something real fancy that I can keep my spare salt in.
2: Oh well, let's uh, let's take a look right over here, and um, he he actually does have a salt shaker. It's like um, it's like a it's like a set with a with a pepper mill, and it's it's like a two uh, two bi- two babies, and they're wearing like overalls and, and really ruddy cheeks, and one's a pepper mill and one's a salt shaker. He's like ah,
4: oh. yeah, well, that would that would be perfect. Yeah, right, go ahead and add that to the list. Oh, y'all yeah, doing some early Christmas shopping? Yeah, something like that.
2: Yeah. Well, it's mighty hot to be feeling like Christmas already, right? Am I right? And that's one thing I didn't mention, guys. It is hot. It is August, and it is miserable outside. Um, every every day in in the afternoon, it's just a tropical deluge, but it is. It is ultimately miserable the, the sun shines throughout the day until it clouds up and then it pours but it's the kind of thing where if you take a bath um like five minutes later you are you're covered in sweat again and it feels like you you never got clean so that's kind of what the the climate's like right now
0: we're kind of used to that kind of weather aren't we even though it's miserable
2: it is a caribbean climate so you are now that now that you've done some shopping and you found something to buy, so see you guys are also uh, looking for some some information.
0: Well, we wanted to know a little bit more about the box. If uh, it looks like a French cassette, but there's some things about it that just seem a little odd.
2: Uh, uh, odd in what way? Well,
0: one of our speculations was that it might have at one point been. Uh, this is gonna be morbid, but a coffin. Coffin? Like a child sized coffin.
2: Well that certainly is morbid. I, I you know, I'm not sure exactly what that uh what that case was, but I don't think it was no coffin.
0: You know where it came from?
2: Yeah, I got it over at the uh the auction block with some other stuff. Over front with the church.
0: From the church. That's right. How long ago was that? Do you remember?
2: Uh, maybe a few months ago. Uh, we uh we sold off some of it, but there's still some of the rest of the of the block that we still have. Not not another not another cassette though.
0: Do you mind showing us some of the other stuff?
2: Yeah, follow me. And he, he actually walks you over into kind of the next room. What what church, by the way? Oh uh, uh, I don't know, something that the uh, archdiocese was uh, auctioning off. I don't know.
0: No. Oh, okay. So the local Catholic Church had the auction.
2: The, the, let me show you what we have. Maybe we'll find some, some other things for you to take home today.
0: So I, I sort of say to the other ones, I said there's a chance then that it could be a reliquary uh, that held the bones of a saint or something that came from the Catholics. <clears throat> So so
2: he so if you guys follow him he goes into there's you know you got kind of the main showroom and then there's another room where there's more stock and things piled up that that aren't in the on the sales floor so he starts kind of going through some boxes and things and he kind of like pulls out some some racks and there's a, a pile of other stuff in the corner he says this is kind of some of the rest of the uh, the stuff we ain't sold yet and you see in like. Uh, A bunch of paintings, you know, what I would call like Jesus' greatest hits. You've got the little, you know, Suffer the Little Children. You've got P.A. Tai. You've got St. Michael holding a sword over the dragon. Um, Just some some really... uh,
0: Holy pictures.
2: Catholic stuff, yeah. As well as a lot of paintings of local, you know, local figures in the church. Some of the local bishops and things like that. There's a painting of the archbishop. Other than the
0: paintings, anything else interesting in what way i mean just like what else candlesticks or uh, uh lenons or something I, I assume a lot of this is church stuff
2: mostly what's left is is these these paintings um there's some there's like a um like a an altar that could be re- any heat he, shows it to you as like a a, a small altar and it says this could be be repurposed into a mantelpiece.
0: So basically what we're looking at is stuff that came from the church and is associated with the church. Which would mean that the box probably was associated with the church, which means that it might be in fact a reliquary. A box that they kept the bones of a saint in.
2: Well, I I don't know about that, but... um... This is uh this is the other the other stuff that was part of the, the auction block.
4: Okay. Uh, was there anything else that uh, came with the this this lot that stuck out to you as interesting? Maybe something that, that wasn't a common church piece, or anything of that nature.
2: Well, I think everything that was part of the auction block, even even the stuff we already sold, was came out came out of some of the churches or. Or there were uh, th- things that we trying to just raise money to sell or, or, or kind of clean out. Um, there were some nice uh, silver pieces, some trays um, that, that, that we sold a while back, and, uh, and actually some statues. There were some, some Virgin Marys. Uh, those look real nice in your backyard.
4: Well, that's, uh, that's mighty helpful, Mr. Benoit. If, uh, if we could get the address uh, of that, that church, that'd be wonderful well i
2: i don't uh they were just part of a part of a of an auction block i i don't know what particular church they came out of
0: where well, was the auction
2: where was the auction over yeah. at um over at uh, Renoir's auction house
0: Renoir okay well if we need to uh, inquire further that's where we can look uh did you guys see anything that you're interested in?
5: This Not little... too much. Has anybody else come around asking about uh, about anything else from that?
2: Well, just uh, just, from just, that auction block. Just Miss Thibodeau. You know, she uh, she negotiated real hard with the Special Man. But for, for that chest, she uh, she fell in love with it right away.
0: Hmm. Do you have anything here that is a curio, something that's uh, unusual or interesting?
2: Uh, well, I already showed you John Lafitte's uh, P-ROG paddle. Can't really
0: decorate with that.
2: Well, uh, oh, we we definitely got something for you. Uh, what what was your name again?
0: Uh, I am who am I? Uh, Leon Fontenot.
2: Leon Fontenot. What what, kind, what line of work you in, Mister Fontenot?
0: I'm a professor at Tulane.
2: Ah, oh, Tulane. That's a that's a that's a damn good school. Damn good school. Uh, well, we need you uh, something for your office.
0: Yeah, something. If you got something really interesting looking,
2: he says, "I got something for you." And then he he takes you over to, to um to one of the shelves, and he puts this um this this uh really uh thick tin uh alligator, and he says, "This look real nice up on your desk, professor."
0: I don't want to scare the the students.
2: Uh, might not be a bad idea. Put a little fear into them. Get them writing them real good papers. <laughs>
0: Uh no, I think I'll pass. I'm looking for something more unusual.
2: Like like what?
0: If I knew, I would uh, I would already have it.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I, I do hope you come back and see us again. We we get new new merchandise in all the time. Mm-hmm. Mostly all we right. buy at auction or or on consignment.
4: So I'll pay for uh, those two books and that salt shaker, and we'll head out. Okay. So we got the the
2: salt shaker, and he says, "Yeah, you know the, the salt shaker and the peppermill, they they come as a match pair now."
4: Well, that would be fine. I'll take them. I'll take them both. All right. So he, he so he goes to the cash range just punches that in, and looks at the tags. I and mean, have the two books, and that would be that'll be uh forty eight dollars. Oh my goodness, forty eight dollars. That's a that's a little bit steep for my for my liking. <laughs> But you know these are uh, first editions. Well, I'm I'm sure they're they're certainly certainly worth uh worth something something appropriate, but uh, forty eight is a is a bit steep. Well, uh, what was you uh What was you thinking? Uh, I have I have twenty dollars on me right now. What uh, what'll that get me? I got got to pay the bills, sir. So.
0: I roll my eyes to walk outside.
2: Good <laughs> roller. A fast talker persuade. persuading. Okay. wants you to bargain.
4: Let's see here. Uh, persuade. Uh, 28. That is a pass. Well, I
2: tell you, for that price, you know what you're going to have to do? What's that? You're going to have to see the special man. And then you hear the chair come out. Uh-huh. And he looks over at you. And he looks at ATN. He looks over at you. He adjusts his cowboy hat. He looks at ATN. He reaches over. He pulls out a cup, of coffee. Takes a sip.
4: Let him have it. And ATN says, "With well, no problem." All right, so I'll hand him twenty bucks and uh, I'll be on my way.
2: Hmm. <laughs>
0: So if, if if we've left, then my comment is: uh, he's selling other people's old throwaway junk, and you're buying it for twenty dollars. I was
5: going to say he probably went to the church uh, bazaar. Thought they have about once a
4: month.
0: No, I think it went to his pocket.
4: Yeah, they are first editions after all. So let's bounce
2: over to uh, back to the Falberg Marini and over to Mama's house. We got Chef and Rose.
3: Okay, go up, knock on the door.
2: All right. And actually uh door opens and it Katarina answers. Uh hi. Cat. Hi, hi Rose. How are you doing?
3: Uh, I'm doing just uh just great. Hello. She she
2: looks over at Chef.
3: You you remember Chef Pardue oh, Who? Hello, Katarina.
2: Is that so Chef? Hi, I'm I'm Katerina. Good to see. you. Why don't, why don't y'all come on in? She walks inside. She's doing like a real slow shuffle.
1: I'm looking at Rose. I didn't realize it was a
2: span. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I'm Chef, surprised
3: you, they let her come in, come home.
2: And Chef, you you, you notice now in the house, what, what Rose noticed before, which is the, the house is definitely um, like before, if there was a voodoo room, now it's, it's, it's stuff everywhere. There's there's candles on every flat surface and different strings of beads hanging down from things. And was that a chicken that just ran across the floor? Closer, door, closer, door.
3: quick, quick.
2: I don't like chickens. And then my Mama comes downstairs. Hey, what what y'all up to today?
3: Well, we came to see how you and Kat are doing.
2: Oh, we're doing just fine, just fine. That's good. My, my, that's my good. baby's going to make a full recovery.
3: Oh, no, that's wonderful. I'm going to see to it. We right there with you every step of the way, Mama.
2: Rest that's just good. And it's definitely like a. A little bit of a of a cutting edge in her, in her tone. Y'all want something to drink? How you doing, Chef? I'm
1: good, Mama. How are you?
2: Uh, just, just ducky.
1: How's uh, any improvements on Marcel?
2: No. No, I, I don't know if I'm ever gonna talk to my boy again.
1: Hmm. What did do the doctors say? They uh... Optimistic? Or?
2: Uh, the doctors don't know what's going on. They said they, uh, they, they don't expect him to come out of that coma, but, but who knows? So, you know, I'm, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a full recovery. What y'all doing here today?
3: Well, we actually brought something we thought you could take a look at. If you're up for it. What you got?
1: I'll set the
3: Set the box on the table. As
1: she's setting the box on the table, I'll, I'll say to do that. I don't, she probably wouldn't know Alice, would she? Or would she know her by name? Uh, you could ask. Uh, Mama, do you know, I have a friend of mine called Alice Thibodeau.
2: Have you met her? Or do you know her at all? Uh, I don't I don't think I know any tiptoes
1: hmm.
2: but I wouldn't be surprised they all over in New Orleans. Uh, she's a friend and she mentioned that she picked up this
1: uh, here at box um, at a uh, antique shop and since she's brought it home she's been troubled with some dreams and uh, nightmares and things of that sort and I just thought well maybe knowing what you know you might be able to do some sort of a I don't know, cleansing ritual. I don't know if that's the right term or not. But.
3: Or maybe even if you could tell us anything about it. In the uh, in a special way that you do. special way that you know things. Well, let me take a look.
2: And she... I um, start
3: unwrapping the box.
2: You say it's been given a friend of you of Nightmath?
1: Yeah, I mean,
3: I trust her and I, and, I, and I don't have any
1: reason to doubt her, but at the same time, I you know she has other antiques in the house or there might just be she recently suffered a loss and uh might just be stress or grief on her end but i I, i'll be honest with you i got a bad feeling from
2: it so i thought thought of you well let's see what the spirits have to tell us and she reaches down by a table all the stuff is all over the place and she'll pick up a kind of a bundle of what you would assume to be sage and and lights it, starts kind of going around the room with it and she um she picks up a bottle of rum and the first thing she does, what she notice is she takes a swig of it, which is kind of surprising, and then she mm. tips it back again and comes around with the sage and pff, it's like spits it out over the the box and holds the sage over it again, she opens the lid and looks inside, and she says, "Ah." I'm, I'm getting a, I'm getting a feeling, getting a feeling about this, and I, I think I, I, I I'm getting, I'm getting some communication from the lower. Uh, I, I, I think what you got here is a goddamn box. <laughs> Why well, you all wasting mama's time with all this? Don't y'all think I got nothing better to do than look at empty boxes?
1: <laughs> all right. Two minutes to a straight. That's what I like.
3: Mama's seal of approval. (laughs) Thank you, Mama. I feel so much better about this already.
2: Listen, I don't know what this is, y'all. It don't look like nothing special to me. I'm sorry for your friend, but maybe what she needs is just a good
3: night's sleep. Very true. Well, I'm sure we could all use one of those. And I start wrapping the box back up.
2: You sure I can't get you nothing now? You don't want to go to the icebox? Get yourself a fudge sickle.
3: Oh, a fudge sickle.
2: I know it's hot outside.
3: Oh, yes. Fudge sickle, please, Mama. Well, why don't you go ahead
2: and get it, Rose? But first of all, don't you forget to come over here and hug Mama's neck.
3: Oh, and I do that immediately. And
2: everything's just feeling really strange from the last time you guys were, you know. The first time you guys got here where it was, you know, we're worried about Marcel, but definitely a real different vibe happening at the Busso house right now. Katarina's just on 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 the couch and she's got her hands up like this and she's just listen like looking at the floor and every once in a while she'll pick up this kind of a uh a bundle of straw and she's got like a piece of fabric and she's like wrapping it around it and um yeah, it's
3: a little little
2: bit of a weird vibe happening here, to say the least.
3: I take my arms away. Okay, mama, I'm gonna get that fudge sickle.
2: Right. You go ahead, Rose. You show sure you the one nothing, Chef? Uh I think I'm good, thank you.
1: Can Maybe I can welcome. I look around the room? See if there's anything if you, if you want me to do an occult role, I will. Some, anything out of the ordinary that will catch my eye as far as what I would consider darker than what she's normally used to dealing with?
2: Yeah, well, I'll we'll take an occult role for that. Okay. To see this weird shit all over the house. Okay. Maybe uh maybe, uh maybe you come by one day, Chef, and we'll go out shopping. Shopping, yeah. Spend the day together. Take you over to TG and Y, buy you some sea monkeys. I would like that, maybe. And then at this point, like, you're surprised to see somebody else come down the stairs, and it's like a young uh, African American man. He's got his shirt off and just wearing some torn shorts, and he don't look so he don't look so good either. Hmm. Now uh, walk he across, introduce. I'm
1: sorry.
2: He goes, he, he walks by, doesn't even look at you, just starts to walk into the kitchen.
3: Hmm. Oh, hello.
2: Bo- bonjour.
3: Are, are you a, a client of Mama's? Uh,
2: you say that in English? Yes. Uh, uh, I don't
3: speak any other language but English.
2: Yeah, and he says, you know, he says something in French. Then. Okay. Je ne parle English. All right. That's a fudge and, and walks out. Bonjour. Bon, bonjour.
3: I go back out. I look at the box. I look at Chef. I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Gesture at the door.
1: Yep, I'm right behind you. Or right in front <laughs> of you, one or the other.
3: Well, my no, Mama. I'm bye, sorry, mama. To,
1: sorry to bother you. We'll be on our way.
2: All right.
1: I'll see if I can send something over
2: from the restaurant for your time. Oh, if you would be so kind. hmm Mmm. Mm. <laughs> y'all, y'all have a good day now.
3: Okay. Bye Rose. What? Bye Rose. She's Katarina. Bye, Kat. Bye, uh, mm-hmm.
2: whatever your name is.
3: Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Let's go. We go out the door.
1: Okay. Or at least I do.
3: I assume you're behind me, Chef.
1: Yeah, that that didn't go quite as how I planned it would.
3: Oh, my God. Did we get the box?
1: Yeah, you've
2: got the box.
3: Oh, thank God. Let's go. Let's go.
2: Yeah. All right. So what would you uh, like to do now?
3: Probably back to the restaurant to meet up with everybody else.
2: Okay. Yeah. I, know we're getting,
3: I know we're getting close on time. We can take a
2: few more minutes to kind of reconvene and... Talk about next steps.
3: Just in time for lunch.
0: So we're all reconvening at the restaurant?
3: I'm dumping what's remaining of my vegetable.
0: So, uh, Rose, did you have Mama cleanse the the, 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 the dead baby spirits out of that box?
3: You know, I'm not for sure. She was acting really, really weird.
0: Well, I imagine. Not like herself she, at all. She's uh, probably in a mental state. She's got two children now who are both mentally damaged. That's a big change in her life.
4: I wonder why it is that uh, Rose recovered and uh, Marcel seems to. Well, other you than. Mean Katarina.
3: You mean Kat? Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah. Uh, why Katarina recovered and uh, Marcel seems to be in the state he's in.
0: <clears throat> well, I would guess is that she I mean, wasn't no. quite as she didn't go through what Marcel went through. Marcel was buried.
4: That's true.
0: Katarina imagine was what that would do then. to a person. Yeah, I imagine it convinces the person that they're actually dead. And that they've been now they've been resurrected from the dead and they have to serve the I I hate this whole subject. You understand me? That was traumatic. That happened last two months ago. This is voodoo nonsense. So we didn't find anything at Benoit's except a bunch of old junk.
1: You know, looks like we might have to just go back to Alice and tell her to take some sleeping pills next time.
4: Well, the only really we have to follow up on is, is this box was part of a much larger auction. It seems like it came from quite a few uh, the local diocese.
0: Yeah, at the yeah. most, we can find out that it's from a church. My guess is that it might be a reliquary that they kept uh, the bones of saints or something in.
1: Wouldn't it be a fancy box for
0: that? Not necessarily.
4: Certainly, That's, as good of, a, good of a theory as any we have, it's just going to be a bit difficult to trace the box back to where originally it originally came from.
0: The box may have been fancier at one time, and it's been stripped. If there was gold and jewels attached to it, they've all been taken off.
3: Hmm. But that, I think if
5: you actually tell Alice that. Uh, Fox might have been used to hold bones and might make her a little
0: Well, if she's Catholic, uh, she'll like that.
5: Yeah. Or or she's gonna be even even more paranoid and stuff, so
3: Well, if we tell her that Mama looked it over and she gave it her blessing mm-hmm. and it was all it's all cleansed now, and maybe that will be what she needs to feel better about it. What do you think? I like
0: that idea. Uh, you can also find out if she's Catholic, in which case you could take it to the church and have the church say their prayers over it.
2: <laughs> that, excuse me, that would be a uh, safe assumption. Pretty much everybody in New Orleans Catholic.
0: Yeah. They can do an exorcism.
3: That sounds like a plan. I was gonna suggest <laughs> Lena
1: that you go over and talk to Mama and try to patch things up, but no, don't go anywhere near her. She's not in a good mood.
0: Yeah, I I, I <clears throat> I'll wait for her to come to me, uh you know, for her to request my presence. Otherwise I don't wanna stir up any hornet's nests.
1: And by the way, Katarina's worse off than what I thought. She's she didn't even know who I was. <clears throat>
0: And now you say Marcel's coming back, but, but I'm afraid Marcel. Truth is, as long as he's in the hospital, he's being taken care of. If he comes home like Katarina, then mama's going to have to take care of him too. That's a pretty heavy burden to, 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 to have to bear. All right.
2: So as you guys next step into to report back to uh, Alice tomorrow.
3: Yep. Sounds like yep. where we're headed.
4: Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: All right.
2: Yeah,
3: we'll call it there.
0: All right. I'm. I want to get some beignets. Uh, <laughs> I'm
3: hungry. Darn it.
2: Well, here, let me. Uh. Hey, on i sec.
3: <clears> oh <throat> No pictures.
0: This is a nice picture of beignet. Uh, yeah.
3: But
2: this is what you come. Picture of something I can't have. <clears throat> Did you see the beignets?
0: Not yet. that did you didn't shot? These beignets are brought to you by
3: Oh my Tr- gosh. Oh.
0: Looks good. Looks great. Alright. All right. Darn you. Our players included Joshua Hook, Kim Schmelzer, Jeff Wilkins, Greg Malcolm, and myself with Kurt LeBlanc as Keeper of the Secrets. The music we're using is for this campaign is Save My Soul by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. They were kind enough to give us permission to use it, and I have put a link to their YouTube channel in the description below. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. Uh, If you'd like to become a patron of our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments we like reading. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.